Welcome to the Fantasy Ace Ball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on X at Fantasy Ace Ball. And we got Raymond Atherton with us today. What's up, Raymond? What's up, man? How you doing? Solid, solid. Getting ready for the holidays, brother. I am ready. I'm ready to not work for like three. All I want is like a three-day weekend. If I get a three-day weekend, then I'm happy. Any more than that, then I start going start crazy, to be quite honest. <laughs> I got like three hours worth of work to do tomorrow morning. And then, yeah, off till Tuesday. So that'll be nice. Yeah, I kind of got the same thing going on. Um, I have to, I, we were texting about that. I have to build a swing set. And I was, so my dad uh, bought my kids a swing set for Christmas. And I was looking at the swing set. My dad's like, oh, no, I'll just come over and we'll build it together. And I was looking up because there's like a, a thing on the box that says, you can look up the instructions online so you don't have to use the manual. And I looked it up and it's like, what tools do you need? And it was like three pages just of the what tools you need to build it. And then oh, it no. said, yeah. And then it said it takes two people, four hours, and there are 90 steps like when I get to Ikea and it's like 18 steps, I'm like, get the F out of here. 18 steps. Give me 10 steps, 90 steps. I started Googling already, like how much I can pay people to come build it for me. So I don't have to deal with it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to end up paying more for somebody to build this shit than my dad paid for the actual swing set. It's <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> just pay your dad like pay instead him. of you both do, doing it for four hours pay him to do it for your four hours he's an old man I don't think he can handle it I, I don't know it, that thing's heavy too I was like I had to like because I had to roll they put it in my driveway and I was like I have cars that need to come in and out of here so I had to roll it off of my driveway in the grass and I was, it was like a sled, like, you know, like the NFL sleds where you're like oh, hitting yeah. the thing. Yeah. I was like doing that just to like push it into the grass. That thing has to weigh like 500 pounds for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a swing set. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks. Yeah, let's put it right in the middle of the driveway. So literally you can't even drive around it. It's like the perfect spot, right? Don't even you put don't it on the side of the You don't need to drive here, do you? <laughs> yeah. You don't need to, you don't need to go anywhere. It's not like you got you know, errands or work or kids or anything. <laughs> God, that's funny. All right. How about some baseball news? Uh, since the last podcast, we have some baseball news. Um, I am going to start with this one. The D-backs signed Lourdes Gurriel Jr. to a three-year deal, $42 million. I know you like Lourdes, and you liked him, especially when he was on the D-backs last year. You like this one? From a from a baseball standpoint, and what do you think for fantasy? Um, I I wouldn't say I I don't know. I've never been a huge Lourdes guy, but uh, I I like it for them in terms of real baseball more than fantasy baseball. Like I think this complicates things for Lawler, which is I'm heavily invested in. But no, I think it's good for them. Locks up their DH spot. Or left field, because apparently they're still in on J.D. Martinez, which would be fun yeah. to see. That little that little reunion would be kind of cool. Um, but no, I think it's a good 
I think it's more real life than fantasy relevant, but he's a good yeah. like fourth outfielder. Club, he's a good clubhouse guy. He plays yeah, he plays a few different positions, clubhouse guy, like especially for that team. The purple hair yeah, and everything like that, like experience. <laughs> well, yeah. Little I think for fantasy versus... though, he's like the definition of just a guy, isn't he? Yeah. Like he's just like okay, fifteen homers, five steals, and then like some counting stats, two, some runs in RBI. Two seventy, yeah. eighty, eighty. That's the guy that you just fill into the lineup so that you don't have a crappy person playing. It's like okay, I'll take Lourdes here to just fill the spot and do average. That's cool. Yeah, and then he's <laughs> the guy you're not surprised to see on the waiver wire when somebody dropped him because he went. He had two or three bad weeks with 14 yep. strikeouts. Dude, what do you think about the Royals? The Royals' new owner is just spending money. He got, he got Michael Waka. He got Seth Lugo. He got Hunter Renfro. He got uh, the best reliever in baseball, Will Smith. Will who wins Smith. The World Series every year. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of like it, dude. Like, they're, I was thinking about this. They're like, they're staying in their lane and what they can afford. And they're like being aggressive about it, which is exciting to see as a fan, but like it automatically makes them better. And then at the same time, like even if they still suck, these are all assets they can flip to expedite a rebuild. So it's, yeah, I'd, I'd be excited if I was a Royals fan. And I saw a tweet. I don't know, a long time ago that Mike Illich was the only one who understood that the AL Central is completely up for grabs every year. And so mm -hmm. you just need to get to like 90 wins to win the Central. So it doesn't take much. So I, I love My, what the Royals yeah, are doing. They'll be, they'll be fun to watch. 90 would <clears> be a, a lot, really, for the Central. Can you imagine, what if they went and got Belly and put Belly in that lineup? They are. Eh, he'd have to play center. Yeah, that'd be good though. I mean, like, that'd be who's their center. Who's their center fielder right now? Anyway, I don't even know who it is. Did they get rid of? Didn't they get rid of Olivares? They like gave him away. Yeah. Oh, you know who it is? I think it's Drew Waters. Drew Waters is their center fielder. I want to say. Garrett Hampson. Yeah, they don't. It's nobody good. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I not. just, I think that contradicts what they're doing, you know, like they're going after the value free agent. They're not going after the $300 million guys. Because they can't, but, they, well, have they ever paid for a $300 million guy? Carlos Beltran famously walked from them. Johnny Damon famously walked from them. Like, what are they like? I feel bad for them because like they're, Already looking to trade Vinny P, I guess, for Lazardo, or I, I don't know. Maybe that's what? being proactive. Or there was there were rumors apparently that they were talking at the GM meetings or the winter meetings or whatever about a Vinny P for a Lazardo trade. Wow. Uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, obviously it didn't happen because they went and signed these guys instead to fill the rest of the rotation out, but. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like if they put one more hitter in that lineup with Wit, Vinny P, like Michael Garcia's solid, Hunter Renfro can be good. Like, they could have a nice team. 
Salvi, yeah. Yeah. Um, and MJ Melendez. Uh, Dodgers traded for Tyler Glass now, which made me sad because apparently the Cardinals were in on him. He like let that slip in an interview that the Cardinal he they're like, Oh, what other teams? And the Cardinals were the first one he said. I was like, What? Um, so that would have been like, fun. What? But <laughs> yeah, but of course he's with the Dodgers, just like everybody else. Otani help trying to recruit Glass now. He's from LA too, so that doesn't hurt. And now they're trying to get Yamamoto. So Dodgers trying to get everybody because Otani only costs $2 million. You get the best player in the world in baseball history for only $2 million a year. So <laughs> you can do did a you lot see, doing that. Did you see what Ben Verlander said the other day? Yeah, I what did. An, what an oversight. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Pirates, our boy Andrew McCutcheon, back with the team, back with the Bucks. I know you love that. Yeah, I I think I'm out for fantasy, but yeah, in real life it's fun. I think whenever at some point this year he might just like transition to a assistant to the special assistant to the general manager. Like goes on the IL and just doesn't come back. How old is he now? 40? 36 I think he's not he's not as old as you think uh you know I think in like 15 team leagues five outfielder leagues he might still have value yeah as like a fifth outfielder or whatever 12 12 guy yeah yeah he could do exactly what Lourdes is gonna do basically like we were just saying like just put him in he's not gonna get rocked so he's 37 37 uh, Padres signed Yuki Matsui to be their closer. So only five mil a year seems cheap. I thought he was going to be more expensive than that. Are you surprised by that? It was like four years, 20 million for Yuki. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know, dude. I can't believe this dude is five, eight and 165 pounds. And he's a left-handed closer. He had like 268 saves in Japan. I read or heard. Um, that's, I think that's pretty fair money for an unproven reliever, like back end bullpen guy coming over. Like you don't, you don't see a lot of those guys come over just as bullpen guys. But do you think he's going to close? Yeah, I do. I mean, they've got Suarez, so it's going to be him or Suarez. But I think that's the reason he went to San Diego is to close. Is apparently he was in St. Louis. Like the Cardinals had like a – of course, I know all the Cardinals stuff. I keep talking about them, right, because I'm a fan. But anyway, the Cardinals had like a thing at their stadium where apparently they had two free agents come and they had a whole thing in the stadium. And it was like supposed to be a secret. But they had um, like a billboard and a video that showed Yuki Matsui – so everybody knew he was one of the two people that was there for this like free agent thing that they had in the stadium. And it's still unknown who the other person is. Like nobody knows who it is. They're like, okay, if it's an American, why would it be an American? You know, they're like every, all these American players, they've been to Bush stadium before. You don't need to like bring them to the stadium. So there's speculation that it was Yamamoto. There's speculation that it was, uh, Imanaga, the other Japanese guy, there's speculation it was Yariel, the Cuban guy. So they're just like, oh, it had to be one of the international guys because, like, these Americans, it's not like you're going to bring Blake Snell 
or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I think Blake Snell's played in St. Louis before. He doesn't need to go see what the stadium <laughs> looks like. So um, that's why the speculation is that it was one of the foreign guys who was with him and still don't even know who it is. But, yeah, there were rumors that the Cardinals made him an offer and stuff like that and that he probably went to San Diego because he would close there versus, like, in St. Louis because of Helsley, he probably wouldn't be closing. So, At least until Helsley got hurt. Yeah, exactly. Um, next piece of news. We got a bunch, dude. Uh, next piece of news. The Mets traded for Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor, which might matter only in like NLI, like super like deep 20 team leagues. <laughs> Maybe fantasy baseball invitational. You'll have one of those guys for like a dollar for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. And then last piece of news. Hold on. I You're a new matters. boy, bro. What? I think that matters more for the Brewers. Why? Because they, they're clean room? Yeah, they're clearing out. I think, what, South Relic? Um, I think all those kids are going to get to start. Jackson Cheerio. Who's the third Why, one? Weimer's not going to start. Garrett Mitchell. Garrett Mitchell. There you go. Yeah. Yep, Garrett Mitchell. D.H. Yelich. And Yelich, yeah. And then probably Weimer's the bench guy. And they also have uh, – Hauser spot. They signed who they signed. Did they sign Miley? I know they signed Colin Ray. Um, did they sign Miley? Yeah, didn't they? He went back to Milwaukee. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and then they've got Burns and Peralta. Obviously, Woodruff's done. Ashby, Joe Ross. Uh, Joe Ross, dude, that guy hasn't played in like five years. That guy's nothing. It's, it's just who's on the depth chart, bro. Yeah, 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 I see that. That's not going to be him, though. That's going to be Ashby or like one of the minor leaguers, like Gaster or uh, even like Carlos F. Rodriguez. Like he's a top 100 prospect for me. He's you know who I love? Abner Uribe. Dude, he's filthy. I do, too. I think I don't. I have him in fantasy baseball invitational. No, somebody else does. Oh, I've been trying to trade for him. That, yeah, I've been trying to trade for him. <laughs> we have him in OPL, dude. That's like we have Hell two yeah. relievers. We've got Munoz and we've got Arrieta, and that's <laughs> it. We don't need anyone else. Oh, and we have Will Smith. We're definitely keeping Will Smith now that the Royals got him because he's going to be closing. We are definitely doing that. Only going to play him at home. Yeah. Um, so your boys, the Tigers, they signed Jack Flaherty, one year deal. Have fun with that. That's all yeah. I've got to say. Have fun with I think I texted you right after and I was just like, have fun with the biggest crybaby. Like <laughs> Hey man, they think they can fix him. So until he, he's the one who got Wilson Contreras bench, dude. Because you kept crying, ah, oh, Wilson doesn't know how to frame. It's not Yachty. I don't have a Hall of Fame catcher to make my pitches look better anymore. <laughs> so we don't I don't know we have a pretty decent Jake Rogers is pretty decent behind the plate but I don't know I think it's more about Chris Fetter the pitching coach um, if they can fix him cool if not he'll eat 180 innings mm, I don't know like we were saying before I think he's I think he gets replaced after like two months I think he like I think in, in at the end of the May when he's a five five ERA, everyone in Detroit is gonna be like because I think the Tigers are gonna be pretty good next year. 
And then they're going to just lose like every Flaherty start. And then they're going to get, everyone's going to be like, get this chump out of here. And I don't necessarily think he's going to get like DFA'd or whatever, but I do think he like loses his rotation spot. Long relief. I don't know. They do have a, a numbers problem, I guess, if everyone's healthy. Like they don't, like Casey Mize isn't even in the rotation. Like you said, Joey Wentz. Like they have, they have some names. I think Casey Myers would make a really good closer if they ever want to pull that trigger. But I don't know. They like depth. Scott Harris. I made a joke on Twitter that he's going to sign 10, 10 starting pitchers this off season. Like, where are all these guys going to play? Like, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. You were saying that even when we were doing our free agency predictions before anybody did anything. You were like, "Oh, the Tigers are getting a bunch of starters," and I was just like, "Why?" Like, because I, their G their GM came out and said, "I want starting pitching." Like, you can never have enough starting pitching. Like, we still need more starting pitching. They have too many. They're now they're benching better guys for worse guys. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, I don't if know. It, dude, they would have been better off taking a shot on someone like Manoa if you wanted to get if you wanted to like take a shot or like even like. Trevor Bauer or something than anyone besides Jack Flaherty. Like if you want to take a shot, then take a, take a shot. Don't try Jack Flaherty. That guy's toast. Kenta Maeda. I kind of, he throws a pretty wicked splitter too, right? Yeah. Maeda's good when he plays. He usually just, he pitches like 140 innings every year when he's healthy, like 130, 140 innings. So that's kind of the point, right? If you have like eight guys who are going to throw 140 innings, that's a full rotation over the course of the year. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Apparently the Dodgers are out on Yamamoto. I just saw the Angels' top prospect is Blake Snell. Or top, yeah, I saw that too. So – it says here, Holly, I've never heard of this person, but apparently it's, she's a senior MLB journalist for MLB Network. Holly Baylor just said that the Dodgers have also been told. Yeah, the, the, apparently the Dodgers have also been told that they're out on Yamamoto. I don't know if that's true. There's so many rumors flying around Ooh. Yamamoto right now. It's just like, oh, my God. Did you see that? Uh... Oh, no, this is definitely, dude, this is definitely not real. Never mind. Hey, There's no way. Well, There's so much just BS out there with Yamamoto right now. It's kind of annoying. Well, no. The one I think that is real that I saw was that he wants to play in the biggest stage for the MLB. Like, that was a week or so ago. And I think, to me, that means he's going to the East Coast. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers and the Giants are out because he's – I would – my money would be on New York, either the Mets or the Yankees. Or yeah, I still, I still want the Red Sox to shock the world and do something cool. So I'd be down for that. Hector Hector Gomez says that he's hearing three hundred more than three hundred fifty million dollars right now for Yamamoto. Nuts. Yeah, and for a guy who's never pitched an MLB pitch, and apparently, according to Mark Fizend, he's going to make his decision in the next forty eight hours. That's only that's only nine minutes old right now. So that means by the time a lot of people are listening to this, he's probably already picked a team. Yeah. Uh, sound it really sounds like it's going to be the Yankees. So we'll see. Even though his agent apparently hates the Yankees because his agent is also Giancarlo Stanton's agent, <laughs> and the Yankees just like destroyed like 
what's his face? Cashman was like, Stan's always hurt. Like he's like he's, he's gonna play sixty hurt, games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Yankees, out of all those teams bidding for him, need him the most. I mean, the Mets need him too, but they're not going to be good. Cardinals, Cardinals, bro. Newt, Newt, Newt's mom and his mom are best friends. Come on. You know who? <laughs> you know who hasn't been told Dave they're out of the running is the Tigers. Yeah, neither have the Philly. Apparently, the Phillies are being considered a big dark horse right now because Harper is trying to get Yamamoto there. But how can they afford him when they just re-sign Noah? I mean, like, look, this is the thing. If the Phillies go and get Yamamoto after they just spent all this money on Trey Turner and Noah over the last couple of off-seasons, teams can't go around and cry poor. You know what I mean? Like, the if the, Pod the Padres did it, the Phillies, if they go and spend all that money now too, you can't just say, oh, it's just L.A., New York, it's anyone can do it whatever they want. You know what I mean? Like not necessarily to the extent of the Yankees, but I feel like any team in the MLB can spend 180, 200 million in any given year, like without many problems. They totally could. Um, that's the Dave Dombrowski special though, is like, you think you have a, a full team of contenders. It's like, Oh, let's empty the farm out and pay somebody else $240 million and just, really bottom this thing out and so if we don't win a world series you're gonna hate me for it <laughs> yeah yep yep um so we did a trade we made a trade in the odd new podcaster league we traded gavin williams a and he was a good price you know, I like Gavin Williams. A $4 Gavin Williams and a $4 Jack Sawinski for a $9 Evan Carter and a $3 Team Hens. So, hence, I like, but I don't know if I want to keep him for $3 after making this trade, but Evan Carter, I think, is the man. What do I have him ranked? Like, the number 18 outfielder or something? I have, I know I have him right behind Mike Trout, but I've got him as, like, like, a top 20... 20 outfielder already. Yeah. You have him behind Wyatt Langford, which is blasphemy. But that's in redraft too, dude. That's not I even in, that's not even for dynasty. That is redraft. I'm so happy I'm with just... that trade though. <laughs> yeah, me too. I I really like Evan Carter. I think he's gonna be really good for a long time. And I always have to recalibrate my brain because this OPL is roto not points like fai is and like you really had to remind me that jack swinski has value in a roto a five outfielder roto league so yeah that i think we should probably keep tink is if we can't consolidate some prospects yeah probably not but pro yeah. might, probably worth it yeah we have a ton of prospects I just I think Tink is a 2025 guy. I think Roby is better than Tink, and he's going to be ahead of him on the depth chart. The, the Cardinals have a lot of dudes who are probably going to come up as relievers this year. Like we might see Roby and Graceffo and some of those guys come up, but um, I don't. With all the starters they signed, all these guys, I don't expect really any of them, any of the Cardinals prospects to start this year. So, should we talk about starting pitchers? Sure. All right. Did we miss? 
Didn't you want to talk Did about the news? Oh yeah, that's right. Injuries. Andy, he gone out for the year. See ya. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio. They didn't announce how long he's going to be out yet, but he's definitely going to be out for the year. Twenty ACL is always a year year injury thing. Um, who else? Did you talk about more? Scherzer? Oh no, I didn't. Scherzer, bad back. He gone for half a year, uh, and I dropped him down in my rankings. When we get to the starting pitcher rankings, I had him as a tier three guy. Like I had him as I think my number twenty four starter, twenty three or twenty four starter. Right by Berlander, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I dropped, I dropped him pretty far. Like I dropped him to like a hundred something. Like down, I basically put him and Kershaw like right next to each other because it's like, okay, which one's going to come back first? They're both pay- basically going to be good. I'm assuming when they come back, but now they're both back entry guys. <laughs> so they like the same guy. It's like the Spider Man meme between Kershaw and Scherzer right now. <laughs> Maybe they can swap shoulders because you know they're <laughs> left and right handed. Yes, that's an excellent idea. <laughs> it's like a kidney swap, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing you can do. <laughs> um, so first tier for me, and whenever I showed you this, I know you were loving it because we, as we talked about before on Fantasy Baseball Invitational, you have the top two starters in my rankings. So I've got Corbin Burns, number one, Garrett Cole, number two, Spencer Strider, number three, and Zach Wheeler, number four. That is my tier one. Uh, Corbin Burns has a 120 F stuff, 108 control, 174 FERA, 131 F score. Garrett Cole, 116 stuff, so slightly worse than Burns, but 120 control, so better control than Burns, and then 145 FERA. A good part of that is the fact that Cole plays in Yankee Stadium, which is not a good ballpark for pitchers for home runs. So that has to be considered, especially in a league like Ot new points <laughs> where homers just destroy you. Um, Garrett Cole has a 127 F score. Spencer Strider, 110 durability. That's pushing him down a little bit in the F scores because the other guys are at 123 and 128 durabilities. Uh, his stuff is 131, which is the highest I think of anyone. It's Tyler, Tyler Glass now. And Spencer Strider have the highest stuff besides Jacob DeGrom, who is just, like, going to pitch, like... Apparently, he's hoping to come back in, like, August. So, DeGrom, I have down in, like, 200 in my pitcher rankings or something like that. I mean, we'll get to him eventually. But uh, 131 stuff, 108 control, which is the same as Burns. But a 127 FERA, uh, he gets hit up a little more. He doesn't go as far into games because he's only got the two pitches. 119 F score. Uh, Zach Wheeler has a 112 stuff, 123 control, 145 FERA for a 125 F score. What do you think of these top four guys? Am I missing anyone in this tier? Would you bump anyone from this tier? What are your thoughts? Um, my first thought was that Zach Wheeler was the one who didn't belong here. Like I can see. I can see the other three, and you see them in a tier by themselves, or like Strider at one and Colin Burns somewhere behind him. But Burns at SP1 is kind of a hot take. Like, I don't think anybody else is going to have, I don't think anybody else is going to have that. Um, how do you feel about pitching as a whole? Because I think we should do a better job of like setting the stage of how we feel about these positions. All right. Before we so, get into it. 
everyone is talking about how they think pitching is down and that there's just a giant glob of guys and all this stuff. I don't think so. I think there's like a top heavy tier. All right. So like my tier one is just like the super aces. This is the thing is usually the tier one for me is usually, I think like last year there was like seven or eight guys in tier one. And then the year before that, it was kind of like the same. So I feel like we've gotten into this mindset that there's like, okay, you've got your top 10 starters are a tier one, but we don't have 10 guys that I think are that good. Right. Like we're used to having more super ace type guys. So I think that there's less super aces and I am putting Wheeler in there because Wheeler has been very, very good for a number of years consecutively now. Um, he's just underrated. Like he's not, he's not as flashy as a Strider or a Burns or a Cole, but he's just so consistent with what he does. Like look at his ERAs over the last three years. And in 2021, he pitched 213 innings this year, 192, but a two, 318, 319, 353 Sierras. ERA is 278, 282, 361. His ERA this year is kind of an aberration. Like his uh, Sierra and XFIP are lower. His whip, 108. Like the last two years before, 101, 104. So we have three very fantastic years from Wheeler in a row. And even in 2020, when a lot of pitchers were really bad during the COVID year, he was still good that year. His K minus walk wasn't, you know, phenomenal, but he was still pretty good that year. 292 ERA that year, 71 innings in that short season. And then even 2019, 2018, like he's so durable, man. Like ever since he basically ever since like his last two years at the Mets, he's just been one of the most consistent starters in baseball since 2018. And that matters. Like if especially for like quality starts leagues or like points leagues when you need innings, like to have a good innings eater who's not going to get rocked, it's kind of rare right now. <laughs> and he's 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 just also like he's not high stuff, bad control or anything like that. He's just solid across the board, like very very highly above average across the board. That's why I like Wheeler. That's fair. I if you're going to include Wheeler in there, I think it Kevin Gosman probably deserves to be in there too. But I actually pulled up your rankings from last year, and you had. You had eight guys in your top tier, and mm-hmm. uh, injuries just took it out. Scherzer, Cole, or Scherzer, Degrom, uh, Sandy, Verlander. Other than that, yeah. it's pretty pretty similar. Yeah. But, See, but no. that's what I'm talking about, though. Is that like a lot of these super ace type guys are getting older, right? Old, like yeah. Verlander is getting older. Scherzer is getting older. Kershaw is getting older. And nobody has really stepped in to replace them yet, those types of guys. But that's why I like the second tier. So the second tier is kind of like guys, and we haven't listed names yet, but these are guys who are very consistent and good. And I just, I don't think they're going to ever, I think they're aces, but I don't think they're ever going to reach the same strata as a Garrett Cole or Corbin Burns. Like, I just don't think that they have the stuff to do it. Because my second tier is not, St- like the only besides Gossman, the rest of the second tier guys I have are more like durability, like solid control workhorses. Yeah. yeah, like workhorses rather than uh um, you... this the high stuff. Like Gossman has high stuff, but the second half last year, he got hit up really bad. Like his command, something was off with his command. I think that it was the splitter. 
because everybody knows Gossman is like the, the splitter guy, like the non-Japanese splitter guy, right? So like he is like the splitter guy. And his second half was pretty bad last year. Whereas like me having Corbin Burns, number one, Corbin Burns had the best stuff plus of any pitcher in baseball in the second half, like by far. It was not even close. So that's why like Corbin Burns, second half last year was killer. Like the first half was a little shaky, and that's why people kind of like started knocking him down a little bit. But a lot of people, they jump off near the end of, the, you know, like in August when football season starts, they stop paying attention. So they don't know how good Corbin Burns was at the end of the year last year. But he was phenomenal. He was the best pitcher in baseball at the end of the year. So that's why he's number one. It's going to carry over. Um, yeah, I, if you want to put it another way, I think the difference between the top tier and the second tier here is just strikeouts. Yeah. So, like like I said, like tier one to me is super aces. Tier two is like workhorses that you can – like you know what you're going to get from them. Like they're going to do good for you. They're not going to blow anyone away, but they're going to do good for you. And then tier three for me is like the really high upside guys who could maybe eventually become super aces, but they have, to, but they're not as consistent. The reason that they're not in tier two is because they don't have the, they don't have the workload. They haven't put together the consistent seasons of success. So like, I think the tier three guys are just very like are have the same amount of stuff maybe as the tier one guys. So like tier one is durability and stuff. Tier two is like durability and consistency and then tier three is stu- like high end stuff, but they just haven't put it all together yet. If that makes sense. No, that makes a ton of sense. And I I love a lot of the guys in tier three. I wanted to bust your balls on having Musgrove at eight and Scooble at thirteen, but Musgrove is. I looked it up, and Musgrove has thrown, you know, one hundred and eighty innings two out of the last three years, and Scooble's thrown one hundred and eighty innings over the last three years total. I think. <laughs> so yeah. I I really I really couldn't really couldn't push back too hard on that but yeah when I was podcasting with the Welsh like before we even started podcasting on the fantasy pros podcast that I was on with him uh for dynasty he was like dude he was like when I saw it because he he asked me he's like send me a list of buys that you have just send me a few guys for each position and when I sent him Musgrove, he's like, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> he's I, I just listened like, to that. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I thought I was the only one on Musgrove. He's like, he's like, when I saw you put Musgrove, he's like, that made me so happy. <laughs> so uh, tier two, I'll talk about tier two, and then let me know your thoughts on these guys. So number five starting pitcher, I have Kevin Gaussman. Like I already talked a little bit about him, but I'll go into the F scores. He's got 116 stuff, 111 control, 143 FERA. And that's he was awesome in the first half, but the second half, if you're looking at a rolling chart, you would see that his second half was just like a roller coaster going down. It was not good. I had him in some teams, so I experienced that. Um, number five or number six. Wait, no, number Galsman is five. Kirby is six. So George Kirby is my sixth starting pitcher, which might be like, whoa, George Kirby, really? Uh, but Talking about durability and just like impeccable command, like George Kirby, if you want a good whip and a bunch of innings and a bunch of quality start and win opportunities with a low ERA, like Kirby's your guy. He's not going to blow people away with the strikeouts though. So it even shows in that scores 104 stuff. 104 stuff is the lowest 
him and Zach Allen have the lowest in the top two tiers. So George Kirby, 104 stuff, 137 control. I want to say that's the highest in baseball. I don't think a single pitcher in my S course has a higher control than Kirby. No, they do not. I just searched. And then FERA 139. That's a 122 F score. So Gaussman is actually 121. So Kirby has the higher F score, but I ranked Gaussman ahead because of the stuff. I'm just like, okay, let's see if he can get it back from that second half and get that stuff rolling again. Number seven, Pablo Lopez, uh, who was very good last year. The twins, twins have magic going on. Like twins pitchers, they've got they've got a good development program over there with pitching. Pablo Lopez, 111 stuff, 115 control, 135 FERA. Very consistent. 118 F score. Then Joe Musgrove, who we were just talking about, 107 stuff, 120 control, 150 FERA. That's a 120 F score. And his FERA is going to be boosted too by the fact that the Padres had, I think, the best defense in baseball last year. And it's also turning into a pitcher's park again. Like whenever Tatis and Machado were just going ham that kind of like threw the park factors off. I think it's not really like the park was like, oh, it became more of a hitter's park, and now it's back to a pitcher's park. I think it's more just like Tatis was on steroids, and it threw the, <laughs> it threw off the park factor because he was just jacking so many home runs. Uh, uh, Logan Webb, uh, this, is, this right here is workhorse, dude. This is workhorse. 125 durability. 101 stuff, 126 control. Oh, so so much for the Kirby being the lowest. 101 stuff for Webb. 126 control, 140 FDRA. <laughs> That's a 123 F score right there. Logan Gilbert is number 10, which I think I'm probably the high guy on these Logans here, I would say, again, you know, versus the industry. But I just think that consistency is so important. But Logan Gilbert, 117 durability, 106 stuff, 116 control, 130 FDRA. Gallon. 104 stuff, 108 control, 141 FERA. NOLA is number 12, 120 durability, 110 stuff, 124 control, 119 FERA, 118 F score. That closes out the tiers. Gaussman, Kirby, Pablo Lopez, Musgrove, Logan Webb, Logan Gilbert, Zach Gallen, Aaron NOLA. What do you think of that tier? I think, I think there's a couple names in the top of the next tier that I would group in with this tier um but no i i definitely i i think there's a good group here i think for me this year i'm gonna focus on i don't know i'm still trying to figure this out but like strikeouts and walks it sounds simple but like in this new environment where you know no shifts Sticky stuff bands, all everything that's going on, pitch clock, shortened pitch clock now this year with runners on base. Um like if if when the ball gets put in play, your baseball teams are not as good as turning those into outs. You want as few people on base as possible and that happens, right? So I think I'm really gonna be targeting guys who don't put people on on base. Yeah, but which a lot of these guys do. This is like the command tier, right? Like George Kirby, right? Like that yeah. guy doesn't put anyone on base. So, and even uh, like Gilbert too, like the same thing. Like Webb Gilbert, they're like the same. They're the same. I think, like what Zach Gallen did last year, and he being in this tier, I feel like Webb 
Gilbert, Lopez, and Kirby, the, all those guys are very similar. Like they can all do kind of like the same thing. You right. Know what I mean, and I, to uh... me, it, it depends on the depth of the league too. I feel like if in your, you're in a more shallow league, you can be more aggressive and just like go after some of the more strikeout guys because there's going to be depth. But if you're in like a 15 or 20 team league, like especially like our NLI league that we're in or like fantasy baseball invitational, which is a points type league, then you almost want to go with the more like the, not, I wouldn't really call them innings eaters, but like the workhorse, like the solid workhorse guy. Like you don't want to blow a top pick on like, like what if you, blew, like for instance, like some of these other guys in the next year are so volatile. Like what if, if you, do you really want to draft Freddie Peralta as your number one starter and then he gets hurt? You know what I mean? Like, or you want to, do you want Bobby Miller to be your number one starter? Like that's, that's rough. You almost want to like draft one of those guys that I just mentioned in this tier and then pair them with one of the high upside guys in the next tier. I feel like would be like, if you don't get one of the top four guys, I feel like that would almost be the move. Yeah. I, Last year, I was all about starting drafts hitter-hitter and then just taking whatever starting pitcher was best available. I definitely don't think I'm doing that this year. I think I want a pitcher in the first two rounds. And I was really thinking about what you said about picking first. Like, if you can get Acuna at one and then come back around and, you know, take Zach Wheeler at 24 and then take another hitter at 25, that's just like the dream start to a draft. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, like, you would be able to probably get a really good hitter still there, too. Like, you'd yeah. be able to get like Matt Olson or something like that there, probably. I was gonna say Austin Riley, but yeah, something like yeah, that. Same thing, yeah, almost same thing, almost. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so next tier, this is the fun tier. Let's get to the fun tier. You're gonna love this. I love one. this tier. 13 Tariq Skubal, 14 Luis Castillo, 15 Freddie Peralta. 16, Yoshi Yamamoto. That might change based on where he ends up. And I haven't even done his F score yet. That's almost just like a placeholder. And I'm going to be, I have to, what I have to do for him is I have to take like, and I did this last year with some of the Japanese guys who came over, but what I have to do is I have to do a correlation table, like create a custom correlation table where I take the Japanese guys who came over in the past, take their Japanese stats in one side, take their what they did in the U.S. their first couple of seasons on the other side, and that's going to give me a correlation of what we can expect from like transition from Japan to U.S. to MLB. So I have to create a correlation table, um, an updated correlation table, and then plug Yamamoto in. So that's a, kind of a mission for just one guy's F scores, but that's how much that's how much I'm giving you. <laughs> I'm doing it real. I do it real here. So uh, next is number 17, Grayson Rodriguez, 18, Bobby Miller, 19, Kyle Bradish, 20, Tyler Glasnow, 21, Zach Eflin, and 22, Blake Snow. The F scorers. Scoobal, 111, 116, Control, and 147 ERA. Castillo also has a 111 stuff, but he's more durable, but... Castillo is more volatile in like giving up runs than Scooble was at the end of last year. So I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's really hard to rank Scooble ahead of Castillo, but I did it anyway. <laughs> like, how do you feel <laughs> about this one? Because Castillo has done it for so long and Scooble, like you said, 
180 innings pitched in three years. So, I mean, the upside might be a little bit higher, especially pitching in Detroit. Like, that ballpark sucks for hitters. So, like, that is such an advantage for Scooble. Uh, I mean, like, Seattle is no Seattle's no walk in the park for hitters either. But, like, Detroit is just, like, uh, hitting into a black hole. Uh, I think based on your criteria for Tier 2, I think Castillo and Peralta, like, deserve the benefit of the doubt to be put in the tier above this one. They don't really... They don't really fit. Maybe even Kyle Bradish too, but I understand why you have them down a little bit. But those two guys have been so good for so long, pitching, you know, 190, 200 innings. Like, yeah, they might be high whip, low-ish average strikeout innings, but I think they deserve to be up in that group with, you know, well, dude, Gallon, Peralta, Gallon and Noah. The, what keeps Peralta down is the durability because he's always hurt. Because he has a 118 stuff. That's better than Wheeler's. Right. And then he has a 155 FERA. Like, his control is a little whack, but he's just a volatile player, and he gets hurt. I feel like every year he gets hurt, and he's only pitching 140, 150 innings every year. So, like, Peralta's running when he plays, but that – like, that's why, like, if you look at his F score, it's 119, which is actually higher than Noah and Gallon's and Logan Gilbert's F scores. But it's just that durability. Like I talked about it in another podcast, and I think it was one of the solo ones I did. Next year, when I do my F scores, I'm going to add a beta factor in. And like, I don't like if you trade stocks, you'll know what beta is. But basically, like a one beta means that it's the same volatility as the average market. If it's under one, then that means it's less volatile than the market. And then if it's over one, then that means it's just like up and down all over the place, like a roller coaster type stock. So like if you look at like uh, like a boring ass company like P and G, its beta is like 0.6 or whatever. And then if you look at like so the tech safe. stocks, yeah, because it's so safe. But then if you look at the tech stocks, like if you look at like it like Nvidia, it's like 1.5. Even like Tesla, if you look at Tesla's like a two beta. It's like double because Elon says one tweet or whatever, and then it pisses everybody off and the stock tanks. And then he tells people F you. And then everyone is like, ha ha, that's funny. And then they, his stock goes back up again. Cause like Tesla is a weird stock where it's just like, so interwoven into Elon where like the stock goes up and down with just like Elon's persona, like public, <laughs> like how people are feeling about him, which is weird for like a stock like that. Like I think that happened with Apple when Steve jobs was there. But then after Steve Jobs left and Tim Cook took over, then it was just kind of like, oh, Apple's just Apple now. It's not like Steve Jobs anymore. It's just Apple. So, like, I feel like, I don't know. But anyway, enough stock. Um, <laughs> but I, I just want to, I think next year I'm going to put a beta in just to, like, judge volatility of the players. Because then you can say, okay, I have X amount of guys that are under one beta, so I've got this many safe guys, so now I can start taking some risks and get some risky guys. If you want to yeah, kind of just uh... weigh, like, risk against, like, safeness. You're you're quantifying risk aversion. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you, by the time you get through your first ten picks, if you have a, you know, a a fifteen, a fifteen <laughs> beta, yeah. that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Then you know you're like, okay, we got to get some boring. We got to go a little boring now. <laughs> um. What do you think about the rest of the guys in the tier? I don't want to just be reading off numbers. Like, do you like yeah. what other guys right. would you be moving around in this tier? Like, you know, like Castillo. I don't know. I just 
I feel like I've never really been a big Luis Castillo guy. Like, I get he's valuable, which I mean, like, I've got him number 14 overall, so it's not like I'm not saying he's not valuable. But it's just hard for me to put him up next to somebody, like, it's hard for me to put him in the same tier as, like, Aaron Nola or Musgrove or Gaussman, like, guys that I just think are, like, definitely, or, like, Gallon, guys that are, like, definitely better and maybe a little safer. Yeah, I can. I took, I'm sure I've told you this story. I took Luis Castillo third overall a few years ago, and that was the year he had, like, those 10 or 11 just absolutely garbage starts, and his ERA was, like, seven a third of the way through the season. So he left mm-hmm. a bad taste in my mouth that one year. But, I mean, three three four ERA last year, almost 200 innings. Um, getting to those 200 innings might seem – I don't know what the word is. Volatile, I guess. It seems like he has some pretty bad bad outings, but uh, I get it. It's just he's a little bit below those guys. I think I think for me, like Scooble, uh, Glass now, I really like in this tier. Like They both threw about 80 innings last year, and they were both phenomenal 80 innings. Dude, is Glass uh, not gonna get a bump now? I feel like I, I feel like people are just gonna be like, "Oh, he's on the Dodgers now. He's not gonna get hurt." Like, yeah, probably that would. It's gonna would, be like some perception of invincibility now that he's on the Dodgers, even though the Dodgers, is, even though the Dodgers, out of all teams, like they're the most like the Rays. Literally, like they're they plug guys in, take guys out, like, and it's because what's his face, uh, Andrew Friedman used to be a Ray. Like they got him from the Rays. But the Dodgers mm-hmm. are the ones who are most emphasis, uh, like, uh, what's the word? He, they're the ones that are most most like infamous for using the the shuttle, right? And like having like guys up and down, up and down all the time. Like we saw it last year with like Sheehan and Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone. These guys up, down, up, down, start, don't start, Ryan whatever. Pepeo. Yeah, Pepio Grove. Like there's so many of them. I think I think they do that with their young guys. I don't think they'll do quite that many games with. Uh, Glass now, sorry. I almost said Gilbert. Wrong G name. Um, but, like, I, you love the upside, right? But, I mean, I think him and Scoobal are pretty comparable because Scoobal's coming off that internal brace surgery or whatever. So, um, I like both of those guys a lot. And then you know how much I love G-Rod and Bobby Miller. And then Kyle Bradish, I think, is criminally underrated as well. Have you done any work on, like, where you rank these guys compared to early ADPs? Because, like, you're going to be able to get Joe Musgrove probably, yeah. like, 12 or 16 picks after. Like, you'll probably be able to get him at SP24 or something. Yeah, I was looking at that whenever I was doing that podcast with Welsh. I was just kind of like weighing some of my guys against NFBC right now. And I definitely, I'm going to be a high guy on Musgrove. I'm going to be a high guy Corbin Burns. on on uh, Bradish and even Bobby Miller. I'm going to be a high guy on because a lot of people like, look how close, this is something, look how close G-Rod is to Bobby Miller. I feel like people in their minds are want to think that G-Rod is like a tier better than Bobby Miller, but look at them. Literally, their durability is 91-92. G-Rod's stuff is 113, Bobby Miller 110. G-Rod's control is 105 to Bobby Miller's 109. 
And then G-Rod's FERA is 139 to Bobby Miller's 135. They're basically the same dude, like, as far as, like, what you're going to get from them. I get I get not having Bybee in that same tier, but why is Yuri Perez not right next to those, right next to G-Rod and Bobby Miller? He had trouble keeping the ball in the park later in the season. The, the second half... He was giving up a lot of runs, like a lot of home runs. But um, the biggest when we get, I mean, like he has a one twenty durability, stuff. right? Look at that. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's. I mean, a little bit of it is durability, but then like the FERA for him is ninety two. All these other guys are like around like one thirty and stuff. And then also the Marlins have a really a really shitty defense. They need defensive help really bad. That's something a lot of people didn't notice. Um, their defense was just <laughs> atrocious last year. Like I think it, was, they, it might have been the worst in baseball. It was it was down there. I think it was one of the, it was definitely one of the three worst defenses in baseball when I did my defensive you, factors. Tell me, Jake Berger isn't good at third base? <laughs> yeah, and Bell's not good at first, and Arias is not a good second baseman. So it's like it's just a mess, dude. Jazz like, isn't great in the outfield. No, yeah, exactly. It's just a mess. They need defensive help. <laughs> Bad. I heard someone, uh, I can't remember where I heard it today. I was working out and listening to a podcast. And whatever podcast I was listening to, they said that the Marlins were disappointed when Josh Bell opted in or instead of like opting out of the contract. They thought he was going to opt out because they wanted to move Berger to first. And now they can't. <laughs> uh, or they, they either wanted to move Berger or Arias to first, basically. But now they've got three, because Arias, uh, Bell and Berger are all more or less like DH first base types, and now they're kind of like stuck playing them in the field. <laughs> Can I always trade one of them. I feel like Josh Bell really like found hit his stride there, though. I wouldn't really want to trade him if I were them. Yeah, he was playing well for them. Um, they want to trade another starter. Apparently, I don't understand how they operate. They're just good at because they they're good at developing pitching and they're crappy at developing hitting. So and they have a terrible ballpark. Yeah, and they well they have Max Myers coming back. Remember Tyler Rogers didn't even play last year. Trevor Rogers or Trevor Rogers, yeah, sorry. So Trevor Rogers didn't even play last year. They're gonna have him back. So they have a lot of pitching, and then I think Sixto is still around somewhere. I think he's gonna probably pitch in the pen this year. But what they've do you got a bunch of dudes. We're getting off topic. We can talk about that later. Um, I think I'm going to be all the way out on Blake Snow, no matter where he signs. Like, I think he's going to be at a premium. I bet his ADP is going to be up more near like SB12 in that second tier. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people just don't like him. I think he's going to be a bargain, actually, because I feel like everyone is, thinks the same thing. They're going to be like, oh, Snell's year was an aberration. He ain't going to do it again, which he's not. But if you can get Snell as like your 20, at like 25, I feel like that's kind of a steal <laughs> for a guy who just want to sign up. Like, I would not be drafting him in, a top, in the top 15, but if you can get him around like as a 25th starting pitcher, I think that's a bit of a bargain. Um. Are you taking any of your – so, like, are you taking any of these first-round guys? 
I would, it depends on where I'm at, but I would, I would probably look at taking Burns in the first round and Cole. I don't think I would take Strider in the first round. I'd probably mark him as a second round guy. And then Wheeler, like you said, in the turn of the second and third round is like the perfect spot for him. Those yeah, are my thoughts. There's a lot of good hitters that I like though. So like I'm definitely like I'm typed at once. I want to get a hitter first. I don't really like drafting a pitcher, but I will if I have to. Like if it just falls to me where it's like all the like if I have a target of like I want one of these eight hitters or whatever. And I'm, I want to take a risk or like if I'm at KDS and I'm picking ninth or 10th and then none of them fall to me, then yeah, I'd grab Burns in that scenario. If like my top tier of hitters, none of them falls. Yeah, I bet I haven't done the exact math, but I bet there's 10 or 11 guys at hitters that I would take over, over SP1. I did so, yeah, this yesterday. I, we're way off topic I, right now. We're, we're way off topic right now, but let me, let me run this to you real quick. I have for just my hitting tier. By the way, I put Otani in, and Otani's my number two player. Um, so I've got just as a hitter, he's my number two hitter. Uh, but basically, I've got Acuna number one by a wide margin. Then I've got Shohei number two, Betts three, Judge four, Carroll five, Tucker six, Witt seven, J Rod eight, Soto nine, Freeman ten, Yordan eleven, Tatis twelve, Harper thirteen. And Matt Olson 14. So I would say that I would probably get to a point where maybe after Freddie Freeman falls, I would probably put Burns there as like the next guy. I think yeah, I would I take Burns over you were done. Somewhere around that Bryce Harper range, I would take a pitcher for sure. Yeah. I really want, dude. I don't think I've ever owned Spencer Strider in fantasy. I was thinking about this today, and I, I'm going to make it a point to get Spencer Strider on at least one team this year. The problem is if you make it a priority, that's when he's going to get hurt, and you're going to get just get like, owned. <laughs> I was thinking about that, too. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I traded for Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns, and I don't know. I think I might be in on Garrett Cole this year, which means if I have him on more than one team, he's for sure getting hurt. Going I was all the way, it's Burns' contract the, here, bro. I was all the way out on Cole last year, and boy, did he make me look stupid. <laughs> all right, let's try to kill one more tier here. Let's get to this next tier of pitchers. It's a big one. This is SP number 23 through SP number 43. We have Tanner Bybee, Max Freed, Framber Valdez is 25, Sonny Gray 26, Justin Verlander, 27. Michael King, 28. Yuri Perez, 29. Kodai Senga, 30. Jesus Lazardo, 31. Gavin Williams, 32. Walker Bueller, 33. Shane Bieber, 34. Joe Ryan, 35. Bryce Miller, 36. Hugh Darvish, 37. Cole Reagans, 38. Brian Wu, 39. Shane Boz, 40. Jose Barrios, 41, Jordan Montgomery, 42, and Dylan Cease, 43. So that is that tier. Uh, the, high, the high guys on stuff in this tier, because people want to hear that, number one is Yuri Perez with a 120 stuff. Number two is Michael King with a 116 stuff. 
And then Shane Boz is tied with Michael King with a 116 stuff. And then the only other guy with uh, triple digits, oh, but Lazardo's got 114, and Joe Ryan has 110. Everyone else is under a 110 stuff in this tier, including uh, Bybee, who's at the top of the tier. Control guys is obviously Shane Bieber. Joe Ryan and Bryce Miller both have 110 controls. Uh, Verlander has a 115 control. The thing about Verlander that scares me is just how old he is. Like Verlander still has really good F scores. It's just like based on his age and my age curve charts, like he's going to have significant regression this year. Um, Max Freed is still really damn good as the number 24 starter. What's kind of holding him down is he was hurt last year. So is he going to bounce back? Uh, we talked about Michael King. Or no, we talked about Yuri. Yuri, the innings are going to hold him back and the homers or, and the bad defense until they get something fixed there. And then Michael King, uh, obviously the innings. Can he transition full-time from reliever to starter? I kind of expect him to be like this year's Jeffrey Springs um, or Drew Rasmussen. So we'll see if that happens. And then who's good about keeping the ball in the yard and keeping runs off the board? Everybody knows Max Fried and Framber are like – money at that uh sunny gray 153 fera with that sweeper and then now in st louis good pitchers park good defense uh kodai senga 147 fera that's really strong and it's gonna be interesting to see bueller bounce back bueller had only a 46 durability because he's coming off of the tj so obviously like bueller was one of those super ace types like i had him as a top 10 starter every year until that injury so it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back because like one of the things with Bueller is there's a lot of talk about him coming back at the end of the year last year in like August or September and he didn't do it. And I feel like if we had a chance to see him pitch and get some more innings, it would have made people a lot more comfortable drafting him this year. And since it didn't happen, I think it, there's going to be a little bit more risk with drafting him this year. Um, and like the same thing with Shane Boz, kind of like Boz and Bueller are kind of in the same area, but Bueller obviously had done it for a lot longer. Whereas Boz, like, this is the funny thing. The P1 ADP draft that I did, I picked Boz in the first round with the 12th pick. He's still a rookie. Like, he's still a prospect. So, like, he could actually win Rookie of the Year this year, which would be funny if the Rays get the draft pick composition, if Boz wins Rookie of the Year and beats, like, Jackson Holiday and White Langford. <laughs> like, that'd be kind of funny because it's, like, almost like a cheat code. Because I feel like everyone was like, oh, Shane Boz, like, two years ago, and then now everyone's kind of forgotten about him. So what do you think about some of these guys in this tier here? And would you move any of these guys up a tier? Would you kick anyone from this tier? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, like I said, I think I'd put Yuri up with Bobby Miller and uh, G-Rod just because the the stuff is so good that I think the upside is worth the risk, even, even with the home runs. Like, he's a 20-year-old, and I think I heard someone say he had a 16% K rate as a 20-year-old, as a first trip to the majors, that's just ridiculous. Um, Jesus Lazardo seems a little bit low, but I looked into it, and his quality of contact metrics kind of make him deserve to be down here. So I feel like the perception on Lazardo is, like, I've always been a big Lazardo guy, but I kind of learned a little bit there, digging into that. Yeah, I mean, he's got a really good – like, his K-minus walk last year was 20.6. That's pretty phenomenal. But yeah. then, like you said, he gets hit 
Like, you know, his pretty hard. He had a two he had a two thirty-eight batting average against, which is not good. Nine point three percent barrel rate against. That's above league average. So yeah, he can get he can get hit every now and then. I think this tier is a big glob of guys. I don't want to say the word glob, I didn't mean to do that. It's just a big tier of pick your favorites. Like this this tier probably spans what? 80 picks in ADP. I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, find your favorites, I think, and maybe reach a little bit for these guys that you think can stand out from the crowd. Yuri Perez will definitely be one for me. I think Joe Ryan, there's, there's some split opinions on him this year. Like, if his ADP is SP36, I think, I think there's a decent chance he can do better than that, but I'm all the way out on Cease. I'd be interested in buying back in and Bueller. Cole Reagans? <laughs> Scott Scott White has him as like SP11. Yeah, that's too high, man. Like, he, <laughs> I don't know how, like, he's pitched half a season. Like, he was, he got traded for Araldis Chapman. You know, like, he wasn't even like really a prospect. Like, yeah, he was money in the second half, right? Yeah. But I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot that I don't like there. He had a 10.5% walk rate. That's not yeah, good. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Kaufman yeah. was probably holding up a lot of that. But um, there's a lot of guys in here. Sonny Gray, like, he hasn't – I don't know the exact numbers. I didn't look it up. But he hasn't thrown 160 innings since 2015 or something. Like, that's volume. But that's volume I don't believe he can repeat. He had 184 um, last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll do that again. Kodai Senga, I like him a lot. Ghost Fork. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'd say like pick your favorites out of this tier and bring them up a little bit to round out your roster and what you need. Justin Verlander, I'd love for him to just have one more ride into the sunset of being a, a stud. It, it wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, like, look at his F scores. 105, yeah. 115, 129. They're good. But, like, he's... just got to stay healthy. Yeah. And you can see even his total F score is 112, but his future F score is 105. Yeah. Because my aging curve metric that's built into my F score program, like, at age 40, there's just, like, a ridiculously atrocious drop-off. Like, look at Wainwright. Um, 2022, Wainwright was pretty solid, right? And then last year, he was, like, the worst pitcher in baseball history. <laughs> so, like, he went from, like, a solid, like, number three, number four starter to just complete garbage in one year. That could, ha- that could happen to Verlander. I mean, like, on a, he's a lot – Verlander's a lot better than Wainwright. So, like, but that, that same incremental regression could happen. So, Verlander might go from, like, stud to number three or number four guy. Whereas like Wainwright went from like number three, number four guy to just trash. So like, mm-hmm. you know, we could see just like a big drop off all of a sudden with him. Yeah. I'm... Or not, I think... <laughs> or, or maybe not. So, you know, he's what on his third arm or something like that. So like how many innings does he have left in this third ligament? I have a problem. This is what I hate about hate and love about fantasy is like, 
I've never been able to get Verlander at proper cost and or even a discount in any of my drafts because of where I live. <laughs> like my home mm-hmm. leagues, I've never been able to like actually appreciate the value on Verlander at SP28 or wherever he's going. Like it's frustrating, but it is what it is. But no, I think I think I'm buying some of these injury bounce backs. I'm not buying high on Sonny Gray or um, Jesus Lazardo. Dylan Seast. Dude, I'm going to go through these real quick and tell you who my values are, I think. Tier 1, there's not really a value. Tier 2, we already talked about Musgrove. I think Musgrove well, and I, maybe I like wanna... Logan Gilbert are the values in that tier. If your SP1 is Corbin Burns, you can absolutely find a value in that top tier because you're probably the only person on the planet who has Corbin Burns in SP1. That's true, but it, Corbin Burns is gonna, still going to go in the top 20 of like any draft. I would That's think. true. Also so true. like, if you have – like the value is going to be a few picks. It's not even like not you can a like few wait around. Yeah. yeah, you can't yeah. even wait around yep. to get him. It's just like a few picks. So like – Whereas like Musgrove or Gilbert, you might be able to get a couple of rounds of value in those guys. I think. Um, mm-hmm. Tier three, I think the value guys are going to be. Uh, hold, hold up, hold up. Joe Musgrove's ADP right now is one hundred three. Yeah, dude. And look, I got him behind, as SP eight. <laughs> behind Joe Ryan. That's insane. Musgrove is so much better than Joe Ryan. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be getting Musgrove in every league that. I, in every league, I, I I can. But now you're going to be on the Musgrove bandwagon too, I think. So you're going to be buying it with me. What? Where are you taking him? Round six? Yeah, that's a good spot, I think. Yeah, I'm probably – if I get to round six and G-Rod's available, I'm going to do that every single time. Or Yuri. I'm going to take one of those two guys there. Ahead of Musgrove? So, yeah, I, I mean, a little, little risky. Anecdote here. I've been thinking since last offseason, I got bounced in the playoffs in my home league, that I really want to do a better job of not falling for the young, exciting guy and appreciating the older, boring value guys. And I don't know. You're going to have to remind me how to do this because I don't think I can do it. You just have to look at this tier two here, dude. That tier two represents exactly what we're talking about right now. Right. <laughs> like, who wants to draft Pablo Lopez? You know what I mean? As a top yeah. starter. I feel like if you're like, oh, Pablo Lopez, or I can get Grayson Rodriguez. Hmm. Or you're like, Pablo Lopez or Tyler Glass now. It's just like one is sexy and one's not. No mm-hmm. offense to Pablo Lopez. <laughs> He's a good looking guy. <laughs> yeah. So next tier, the values that I see, um, probably like just Bradish, to be honest, and maybe like Eflin. I think people are gonna are gonna forget about Eflin again because they're gonna mm-hmm. go after these young guys Dude. and they're just gonna forget about Eflin again. I was just looking. His ADP is so much higher than I would have guessed. Um, where did it go? I lost it. <laughs> Snell, too, maybe. Snell could be a value. I think people are just going to be out. Everyone's going to have the same opinion. They're all going to be just out on him and be like, he's not going to do it again, which he's not Tyler, in case. Tyler Glasnow's current ADP is 39 overall. Oh, that's insane. I will never draft him there. 
The guy never he pitches like eighty innings every year. Like Zach I love him. He's a fun player, but going at ninety eight. Yeah. So like, what is that? Around seven, eight. I'm still. I'm going to take the Musgrove think, way ahead of him. You got to think about the average draft versus our industry drafts. Like, I think. I think Blake Snell in an average draft is probably going to be a top 12 pick, but maybe in our SP pick, not overall pick. Um, and Dyna, or industry drafts, he'll be more like, you know, 18 to 24 range. Mm, I don't know, dude. How many people just draft off of like Last Scott year, White's rankings or Fantasy Pro's rankings or Yahoo's <laughs> rankings or whatever? You know? He won the Cy Young. Maybe he'll go somewhere fun. I don't know. Apparently, well, not if he goes to the Angels, I'm going to be less out on him. That's like right. a, just write a death sentence. Anthony Rendon 2.0. Uh, <laughs> next, next tier, the values and the big tier. I think there's a decent amount. I think Michael King, even though there's a lot of hype around him, I think getting him out of New York and just planting him into the middle of San Diego's weird ass rotation is actually going to make him more of a value the closer we get. Um, Lazardo, where is he going? I feel like Lazardo is a value, but where is he going? Ninety-one. Maybe not. Um, I think Bieber is a value. I think Darvish is a value because he's old. I think uh, Brian Wu is a value because his name is Brian Wu. I really think that like hurts him just his name, but he's really damn good. And then uh, Shane Boz is going to be a value. Huge bounce back. Like Shane Boz, Shane Boz could be an ace. Like he has the, he has the makings of a top 10 starter. So I think as long as he's healthy, he's going to reach that. And there's a reason the Rays traded glass now. Like the Rays don't just do things for no reason. You know what I mean? Like I'm also going to be, when, when we get to Pepio, I'm telling you now that the Rays acquired Pepio, I'm going to be all in on him. There's certain teams when they get guys, like the twin, the twins and the Rays, when they get starters, I like want to get those starters. You have to include the Dodgers in there too. Just because they got the older guy doesn't mean they don't know what they're doing. Um, did I mention? I don't think I mentioned this yet, but there's rumors that the Dodgers are going to go six man. I was going to say that about the Tigers earlier. I would not be surprised at all if if they do that. Yeah, I mean, if the Dodgers do it, it would make starter. Who the Dodgers? Yeah, Ryan Yarbrough, I think. But they've got a lot of other guys in the minors still. Like they still like they're not counting Gavin Stone, who's going to play. Who's like twenty five? They're not counting uh, Kyle Hurst. Like they have a lot of guys who can just kind of bounce in and out. Here's my hot take about six man rotations. I think. I think you're going to see teams run six-mans, but, like, certain guys, like your Bulldogs, your top two tiers, aren't going to get affected. Like, you can have six guys that you rotate through your rotation, but, you know, like, Garrett Cole pitches every fifth day. Except for the Dodgers, because their top guys are going to be Shohei Otani's <laughs> TJ, second TJ arm. It's going to be Tyler Glass, Whoa. now who's always hurt. Hey, hey. Hey, it's going to be talk about that? Kershaw's back. Did you talk about how Otani didn't? It's like they're not brace. It's not whatever. actually. Yeah. yeah, he had the same thing Scuba had, that yeah. internal brace surgery. Yep. 
um, which makes me feel better about him. But you're right. Like, the the Dodgers' top three pitchers are Tyler Glass now off uh, Tommy John, Walker Bueller off second Tommy John, yeah, and then Otani off internal brace surgery, and then sophomore oh, Bobby Miller. Dude, dude. Ken Rosenthal just put on Twitter that the Dodgers are about to sign Yamamoto for more than three hundred <laughs> million. No, that's amazing, God, dude. Yeah, and okay, so yes, Jack Curry from the Yes Network says yep. Yamamoto will sign with the Dodgers. Oh, that's amazing. No, man. See, they're definitely going to go six man because Yamamoto comes from Japan, where they all go six man anyway. And then they've got Dustin May, like another guy who's always hurt. He's not going to pitch at all this year, is he? Dustin May, I think he's pitching in the second half, like same as Kershaw. Oh, this is it's so stupid. The, so the Dodgers just buy everybody. Like basically, we're going to have Yankee or Yankees and Dodgers are just going to play each other every year. Is that what's happening now? Uh, I don't know. The Dodgers have been doing this for a few years and keep losing in the playoffs, so. They haven't... I don't remember them buying pitching like this ever. They're gonna... They've never been this good, man. Even when they had Trey and Seager, like, I don't think their team was this good. They never had pitching like this. But, dude, then you gotta think, like, when they had David Price and Kershaw at the height of his powers, and they've had some pretty good... The Na- National League is so stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Who can compete with that? Uh, like, their rotation, the if they, when they go to the playoffs, their rotation is going to be like Glasnow, Yamamoto, Kershaw, Bueller, or something. Dustin May out of the bullpen. That's so dumb. <laughs> Ryan Yarbrough out of the bullpen. Yeah, well, Yarbrough's not in the rotation anymore. I mean, if he even was anyway. So, dude, Emmett Sheehan doesn't have to be in the rotation. They can they can make him long relief or trade him. Oh, so Ryan Yarbrough too. Stupid Dodgers. <laughs> Dude. Maybe they will trade another starter. Here, the Dodgers. Watch them, get Cor- Watch them get Corbin Burns, too. No, they can't. How, dude, how many $300 million plus dollar contracts can they afford? Remember, Otani still counts for like 46 mil or whatever on their thing. Who said? If they're paying Yamamoto. They, have to, they don't have to pay him. Maybe they just trade for him at the deadline, win a World Series, and let him walk. Who? Burns. They don't have to sign him. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess so. All right. Well, we'll end the that the podcast on that depressing note that the Dodgers are going to win the next. It's only depressing. I feel like I'm the only guy who feels this way. Like every all my buddies are like, dude, fuck the Dodgers. They're just buying talent and blah blah blah. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because they have Freddie Freeman and. A whole bunch of other people I really like, but I don't I don't see them that way. It says the Mets offered three hundred and twenty five million to, to Yamamoto. The Yankees offered three hundred million. 
So, so what, that means they, he signed him for three fifty. They didn't. They haven't announced what he signed for yet, but they said that the Mets offered three twenty five. Damn. It just says more than three hundred million. Yeah, look, this is the Dodgers rotation for twenty twenty five: Otani, Yamamoto, Glass, now Bobby Miller, Dustin May. Yeah, that's and ridiculous. I, I wasn't even thinking about Bobby Miller. This rotation's retarded. Even this year, <laughs> even this year, dude, they've got Gl- Yamamoto, Glass, now Bobby Miller, Bueller, Bueller, and then just whatever mix of whoever else they want to throw in there in the five spot. It's like it doesn't even matter at that point. And then they've got Kershaw and Dustin Bay that are going to come back at the end of the year. That's crazy. <laughs> it's not fair, dude. It's just like not fair. <laughs> and then, and the the top of the lineup is also Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, and Freddie Freeman, <laughs> and Will Smith. <laughs> Muncy and then, like the fifth. second, yeah, yeah, you got like Muncy the- fifth, and oh. Dude, this team's just insane. It's like a, it's, a, it's an all-star team. What's the all-time wins record? One nineteen. I think is the Mariners right? One eighteen. I think it's like one seventeen. They're gonna. Beat I thought that. it was that. I thought it was that Yankees team. They beat that. I don't uh, know. The Dodgers spent one billion, more than one billion dollars on Otani and Yamamoto this offseason. That's wild. <laughs> it's so dumb. I hope you know what I hope happens. I hope JD Martinez signs with the Diamondbacks and like hits a homer off of Yamamoto in the playoffs. In the in the NLCS to take yeah. the World Series. Yeah. hundred and sixteen <laughs> is the all time wins record. You're right. <laughs> that'd be that'd be the best if JD Martinez destroys Dodgers in the playoffs after they let him go for Otani. Dude, maybe fun. he'll maybe he'll just go back to the Dodgers. Well, I mean, why oh, not? no. <laughs> Don't even say that, bro. Where's he gonna play? You gonna put him in left field? Otani's DHing. He can't play anywhere else. Sure. <laughs> I mean, not like you need to play a lot of defense with that rotation. Yeah, you guys just strike everybody out, right? <laughs> um you want to do a Ravenism and get out of here? Yeah. I got a couple all-time ones because, you know, there's not a lot of cool stats going on in the middle of the offseason. But um, 53% of the runners driven in by Barry Bonds in 2001 were named Barry Bonds. <laughs> I think I've heard that one before. <laughs> That's insane. And then uh, Tony Gwynn throughout the entire 1990s his strikeout total would be tied for 51st in single season strikeouts for the whole 90s oh, for 10 years for the whole for 10 years what? <laughs> that's insane dude i want you you just made me want to look at his stats cuz i haven't looked at his stats in a long time he played it can you believe he played until 2001 yeah that's insane look at this yeah look at this k rate Here's his his career K rate is four point two percent. Career, that's insane. With a three thirty eight career batting average, that's that's ridiculous. Like imagine, dude, imagine you're in a new points league, 
Tony Gwynn is number one, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Just always on base, no Ks. He he's got like Luisa Rises. Yeah, he's a Luisa. He's a better Luisa Rises with power, is what he is. With more power. I was trying to like Luisa Rises and Kyle Schwarber put together. And back in the back when Tony Gwynn was a youngster, he stole bases, dude. He had a fifty-six steal season. Dude. In 1987, 40 steals in another year. So he would rise as slow. He never ran. Wow. That's crazy. All right. Well, that's it. We'll call this a Yamamoto cast now. <laughs> Later.